Welcome to the First and Orange Broncos podcast. I'm Kyle Fredrickson, joined by Ryan O'Halloran, working at Dove Valley on this beautiful Labor Day afternoon weekend, bringing you guys all the updated news and notes from Broncos roster cut down day, because finally it's here, Ryan. The preseason is over. The Broncos got down to 52 players, technically. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, a lot of different things to decipher through, but first off, I think the things that fans should know and that we were most looking forward to seeing uh, was who was going to end up on IR, Ryan, coming out of training camp, a guy who is going to have to sit out for at least six weeks to practice, eight weeks to play. Uh, who's on that list, and, and what does it mean for the Broncos? Well, um, on the list is running back Theo Riddick with a shoulder, quarterback Drew Locke with a thumb, and uh, tight end Jake Butt with a knee. Okay, as soon as it was established there on the fifty on the fifty two, excuse me, you sort of had they're headed toward IR. Somewhat surprised about Andy Janovich with that pectoral injury. He's still a couple weeks away. Not as surprised with Joe Jones, the inside linebacker with the triceps. He may only miss them maybe the first two games. So once we got that out of the way, you know, the next one is quarterback. I mean, right now they have one healthy quarterback on the roster. It's Joe Flacco. And I know, I know, I don't I, I, play today, blah, 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 whatever. But it it shows you this. They, they, they had, they were fed up with Kevin Hogan. I mean, it was right there in his hands as soon as Locke injured his thumb against San Francisco, and he couldn't take advantage of it. Uh, Brett Rippon um, was also waived. If he clears waivers, he'll go to the practice squad. But also he didn't show enough because if he had, they would have kept him for at least the first half of the season. So now, you know, they're going to add one guy, I would think, just one. You know, Brian Hoyer's out there. He has familiarity with Rich Gangarello's offense. I talked to him at su- the Super Bowl about Rich, and he had, you know, rave reviews. You know, another guy is Brandon Allen, um, who will be on waivers. He played very well for the Rams um, against uh, the Broncos two weeks ago. And he comes from that the offense, Sean McVay which is a Kyle Shanahan disciple, same as Rich Gangarello. So there's some different components there. So it could be a pretty good transition. And, you know, one thing John Elway said is, hey, you know, ideally you want a backup who has some familiarity so that if something does happen on Monday night against Oakland, you can feel comfortable running the same kind of game plan. So, you know, those are the two major talking points, but they also covered a lot of other things. And, you know, one thing you're going to cover in your brief section is um, – undrafted free agents. Uh, Malik Reed made it. Josh Watson made it. What did John and Vic have to say about them? Yeah, these were two guys that, not all that surprising, were going to make the the week one roster. Malik Reed basically solidified his spot with a fourth sack in that preseason game, Fangio saying afterwards. So no surprise there with Malik, uh, a guy who's exploded from day one here. They've liked how much he's really progressed. Uh, The fact that Von Miller's already nicknamed him the dream killer says something about kind of his place in the locker room already. Uh, But the guy who's a little more interesting to me is Josh Watson. I don't think he gets this opportunity whatsoever if the Broncos don't have those inside linebacker issues injury-wise, right? Throughout training camp. Davis, Jones, Davis, and Jules. Yeah, I mean, Deneen, all those guys. So all of a sudden, Josh Watson's getting first-team reps in some of these practices and going with the first-team in preseason games. As a guy who was a very solid defender at Colorado State, but played from behind constantly, was constantly racking up kind of meaningless tackles. So the fact that, you know, he's able to mentally be ready to play that position, maybe we think in reserve situations is a big sign of his improvement but overall a special teams guy most likely with Watson right what yeah if he makes it if he makes it through the weekend right if um, you know depend on what their other activity is but I just have a feeling if, if you keep an undrafted kid like that um, you probably have a plan for him moving forward and with Reed I mean I don't you know Vic didn't really need to say that the other night we all thought he was locked in as an outside linebacker 
He's shown enough stuff against backups where if I'm Vic this week getting ready for Oakland, I found a package of plays for Malik Reed to be a situational pass rusher. You know, they had that NASCAR package here back in the glory days, you know, where you can maybe move Chubb inside, have one defensive lineman in a three-point stance, Vaughn and Malik on the edges. That could be a tough matchup. So, you know, those, you know, I had both of those guys on on my last 53. Uh, but let's let's continue moving up front. You you talked about, uh, excuse me, you wrote about Mike Purcell, Deshaun Williams, Demarcus Walker throughout the week. We figured it was going to be three guys for one spot. What well, turns out was three guys for two spots. And the guy, one of the guys who made it, I didn't expect to, which was Walker. What 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 do you think separated Purcell? and Walker to make the team. Purcell talking to him after this last preseason game, he's a guy who thrives on run stopping. He says, I'm not going to get moved in the middle. Guys aren't going to run by me. You know, I can rush the quarterback as well. But he sort of, I think, owned that role and kind of wanted to be that guy. When you look at this defense a year ago, boy, the Broncos got torn up the middle with the run game plenty of times. So in that sense, I think Purcell, they liked what he'd do in that area. Demarcus Walker, uh, a case of a guy we've been talking about for a long time now. What is his actual potential? was his position what's he going to play well back at defensive end he was pretty impressive through training camp he didn't necessarily jump off the page like Malik Reed but clearly did enough to supplant a few other guys and maybe prove Vance Joseph wrong a little bit uh, and how they tried to use uh, Walker in his first couple years he's thing about Walker is he listed 280 John always said today's 300 um, that gives him some position flexibility to play inside I would think so I think that was another case you know Zach Kerr was that backup nose tackle until a week ago but, you know, we, we look at this 52-man roster right now. I think Sunday is going to be pretty busy. Maybe three, four guys, maybe three, four, five additions. You can put those three guys on IR. You have the open roster spot. Okay, that's four new players. You know, John Elway basically said, we're looking for a punt returner. Right now is River Craycraft. But that could change in an hour. I, I gotta say, River probably not overly pleased to Don't hear sign a new such, lease, Riv. <laughs> such a lukewarm endorsement yeah. by the GM. So I mean, I, you know, I thought John did a pretty nice job spelling out what they're going to be addressing inside linebacker. Um, what's what's the guy's name they're bringing in? Oh, uh, but we'll move on. <laughs> uh, you know, I think they need another inside linebacker. I think they need another tight end because they're putting butt on IR that can maybe play an H back role because they don't have a healthy fullback right now. Janovich is out. That's a decision I disagree with. You know, I had George Aston on my initial roster. I was going to take a victory lap. <laughs> I thought he played well on the outside in space, maybe not as a lead blocker, but um, I thought that was a move that was questionable. Um, I would have kept Califani Muhammad over Devontae Booker. Hey, I, hey. I, I was getting ready to buy the cookies. <laughs> um, I, you know, everybody says Devontae Booker is this great pass protector. No, he's not. I mean, I chart these pass protections every game, and he was a liability when he was trying to block somebody. So he hung on. You know, I had him not making the roster after they signed Theo Riddick. But um, then quarterback, so quarterback, tight end, inside linebacker, returner, maybe your four spots come Sunday. I got 43 out of 52, right? Hey, what is, what is that percentage-wise? What did you get in the, the class? Uh, I didn't do my math. I was hoping for like 47. <laughs> I didn't have Craycraft. I didn't have Jake Brendel. I didn't have Demarcus Walker or Mike Purcell. Okay. And then Duke Dawson, you know, he got traded at the end. But, um, you know, I'll throw it back to you. You've talked to a lot of these bubble guys over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, 
is, is Reed the one that pops out? I mean, he, I don't even think he was on the bubble, but in terms of guys that were unknowns going into camp, do you think he's the one that can really make an impact right away? Yeah, I think so, of, of the available options, because when you look at some of the other guys who you could put in that category, I mean, Muhammad would have had to be in there just based on some of the big runs that he had. There hadn't been really a lot of standout breakout performances. So, yeah, in terms of just overall surprises, you know, Trey Marshall uh, earning that last safety spot was something that I know you predicted, but maybe a lot of other people didn't see with what Sewer Cravens had done and maybe what they thought he could be in this defense. So, yeah. so that was another guy to me that that was a bit of a surprise. Sewer Cravens could have had three interceptions on Thursday. I, I chose Trey Marshall party, anybody but Cravens. I mean, I think that ship had sailed, which was right. Um, you know, Ty Davis could be an interesting guy. He says he's going to be ready for week one. Big fan of John O'Leary Warren is committed to that because he hasn't practiced yet. Um, if he's not ready for full-time duty, that means Alexander Johnson probably instead of maybe and maybe Justin Hollins, another rookie playing in nickel. So, you know, I think this, you know, I think they have a lot of positions where they could feel good about, but the but the depth issues which were exposed throughout the preseason games, I think this is going to be a constant churn over the next couple months because they have nothing to lose. These guys are minimum salary guys. Bring them in for a couple weeks. You don't think they're going to progress? Move on. Hire the next guy and see if you can maybe find the bullseye on one of these projects. So, it uh, you know, it'll, you know the the rotations will start crystallizing in this first game. You know, the inactives. There's going to be you know Janovich is going to be inactive. Joe Jones is going to be inactive. So that's two of the seven already. So you can you know maybe Trey Marshall, but. You know, I think one thing to, to watch moving forward is, okay, Vic was very critical of the special teams throughout the preseason. Who is going to be some of these core guys? And is it a, you know, Duke Dawson who just got here and runs fast? So I think they, they, they established this 52-man roster, but I think they still have a lot of work to do over next week. Let's wrap it on this, Ryan. We started with the guys on IR and Drew Locke. So let's just talk Locke really quickly. What does this mean for his progression? It's not a good thing, obviously, like I mentioned before, at least six weeks out of practice and then eight weeks for games. Uh, John Elway said he sat locked down and said straight up this is not a year off for you this is not a chance for you to sit back and get healthy being injured does not mean being off yeah. um so in that sense we'll see how Locke progresses the fact that he can't use that throwing hand of all the injuries that he could have sustained yeah. got to be one of the worst ones i think just what, what do you make of what's ahead for him and, and what's realistic about maybe when we see Locke play well, it helps that they don't have to designate him to return just yet. Um, you know, if they get to you know, if they get to the six week mark and they have to put another guy on there, you know, he may be out for the year. Uh, but you know, this doesn't eliminate him from playing if this team falls out of contention late in the season. But the challenge for him is going to be to stay engaged. Uh, this is not a redshirt year in terms of you get to practice, you get to condition, you get to do everything but play. You know, he's not allowed to practice even if he's cleared in four weeks. Uh, so this is going to be a challenge for him because, you know, a lot of these quarter, I'd say most every quarterback you know, gets better by doing, you know, running the plays in practice and doing the walkthroughs. Um, he's got to take a step back in that regard. So, you know, even if he was healthy, you know, I don't think he would have started a game until, you know, mid-December if this team was out of contention. And I think that still is on the table, but his rehab has to go by the book or else they may say, hey, we need that second designation for another player. 
uh, you're shut down for the year. Gotcha. And on that note, uh, we will let you guys go. The regular season fast approaching. We've got Monday Night Football. It matters. It's in Oakland. Uh, we get to see Super Joe Flacco for the first time really air it out. Should be a great time. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening to the First Orange Podcast. We'll be giving you nonstop coverage of the Broncos leading up to kickoff. Uh, so be sure to subscribe to DenverPost.com for all of our digital content and also get the print newspaper delivered to your front door. And we will see you next time. Thank you.